I would love to. I would love to take a train, like a like a full day train, get like a bed, wake up and get. Sorry. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You good, sis? Yeah, I'm okay. It's okay, sis. Yeah. If this is, if you need to go to the other side now, if you need to die, that's okay. Oh my god! If you di- what if you died while recording the podcast? That would be How embarrassing! So iconic. I think <laughs> I'd still release the episode. Like, you, like I, I just hope too. that my scream as I'm dying gets canned, like blowout, and like put into a horror movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what I would want. I will use it as a theme song every week. Is what if? Oh my god, that should be our short film. If somebody gets murdered while recording a podcast, and then someone has to listen back to the clues in the podcast to solve the murder. Oh my god, it's giving, um, what was that show about the poop? Then out came talk. Talk, talk! Hola! Hola, Chica Que Dice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome back. We are out of spooky season, officially into holiday season. We're here. It's Straight People Movies, the podcast where each week we two gays, we get together, we watch a movie straight people love, and we ask, Por qué? Por qué? Or as the French say, And this week is quoi? truly a big Yeah. Yeah, this one's a Por qué? <laughs> <laughs> Porque. Oh. Okay, Porque. Okay, Porque. Okay, Porque. Okay. Yeah, literally. Um, I'm Kirk Van Sickle. I'm Dylan Garcia. And Mama. Girl. Girl. What have we done? I don't know. So, okay. I feel like a little behind the curtain, a little behind the scenes thing, a straight people movie. I feel like once a month. I try to convince Kirk to do some stupid ass movie. Like for example, a couple months ago I was like hell bent on watching Despicable Me and Kirk was rightly correct to be like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> but then occasionally some of those movies slip through. Yeah. And that and Like the Mitchells one, versus I, the Machines. Mitchells versus the Machines and this one in particular that make me worried that Kirk is Never gonna listen to me. Again. Oh, I'm putting in my two Movie weeks notice. Putting in my two weeks notice right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've already texted Brian Bonnet. He's taken over. Yeah, like girl. Uh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm so I, sorry. I guess. I mean, it was a weird way to spend my Halloween night. <laughs> Look, I uh, spent my Halloween night spending sixty dollars on a Shutter subscription and only to find out that they don't actually have Trick or Treat, the movie I wanted to watch on Halloween, but they have a movie called Trick or Treats, uh, which is a different movie that Apple TV lied to me that they had. Jesus, well, that sucks. I know. Also kind of crazy they don't have Trick or Treat. For real. Trick or Treat's so good. Oh, it's so Uh, good. But, so good. But now I have a Shutter subscription, and I can finish Channel Zero, so that's fine. There you have it. Um, And watch Dracula. No, watch Dragula. Exactly. So as soon as we're finished with Top Model, we're going to do, I think, a short run of, like, Lucy's of, like, shows that we haven't, like, I mean, reality shows we need to catch up on because we only watch reality TV. And As you should. So we're going to do, like, um, like UK Drag Race and the other the little subsidiaries, and then we're going to do Dragula, and then we're doing uh, Real Housewives. 
Oh my god! After that, that's gonna be our next big watch. Girl, you are gonna become just a robot spewing out little catchphrases by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be bad. Yeah, I'm excited. This is what being married is: is uh, planning out the next several years of reality TV that you're gonna watch. And then every once in a while, you give it. each other a hand job. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> every once in a while, I reach under the, you know, reach out the leg of the shorts. Just something about Luann being a bitch just really got you going. <laughs> Whenever nothing gets me harder than Tyra Banks saying "tooch" and "booch," um, and I have to just uh, take care of myself from there. Yeah, absolutely. She's a very domineering <laughs> woman. It's really hard to resist. She is. Yeah. I so much of this season is about her MLM that she started. What's that? Because she started a, like a like a multi level marketing like a pyramid scheme. Oh, Jesus. she started a makeup one and was selling it on like a couple of seasons of her show, and it lasted two years. Where is she? She's hosting Dancing with the Stars right now. Oh, on okay. Disney Plus. Okay, I'm glad she's still yeah, working. So she got her money. She's doing great. Um, but speaking of somebody who got her money and is doing great, this week we watched a movie, a film, one might say. That I'd never heard of. This is the first movie we've ever done that I'd never heard of before. <laughs> really? Because I saw this movie like in high school. I've never heard of this movie. It was like, it was a big, it was a big deal for me because I was a huge, huge Weird Al fan in high school. Love Weird Al and watch this and, uh. Yeah, this is where we're going to realize that I'm secretly straight. <laughs> this is the episode yeah. where it comes out that I'm yeah. heterosexual. I don't think I've ever, like, on purpose listened to a Weird Al song in my entire life. Like, I, I think it's only happened because someone else was like, I'm putting this on. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I just... Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, what my intro to Weird Al was. Because, like, my parents weren't really into him. I, like... I think I got one of his CDs in the early 2000s, like the cover of it. He had a poodle on his head. It was called Poodle Hat. And on the cover, he's wearing a poodle as a hat. Um, and I think I just bought it from there and was like, oh, I'm obsessed with this. And my parents got me like the, the video collection DVD. Did you ever have like DVDs that were just music videos of certain artists? Like everyone had the Bjork one. No, I never have. But I do have Radiohead's music videos from OK Computer on VHS. Ooh, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, I ha- we had the I had the Michelle Gondry collection because I was a fucking. I know I'm 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 evening it out. I like, love I this had... music video for Knives Out. That's my favorite Radiohead music video. So good, so good. What is my favorite Radiohead music video? I don't know. I really Karma like Police the... is up there too. Karma Police is so good. Just Just is really good too. Just is very good. They haven't like, really done like proper I, I love music the... videos since like OK Computer, have they? No, they did videos. Oh, they for, did videos for um, Hail to the Thief. A, a Moonshade Pool. Oh yeah. Yeah. PTA did the because there's that video. really good Burn the Witch video. And then oh yeah, the Claymation uh, Burn the Witch video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's all. And then that back one that was above Phantom Thread. I really liked the Anima yeah. short film that PTA did for Tom York, even though I didn't really like care about the album that much. I never. I I saw it live. Saw him do Anima live, but I never saw the short film. It's cool. It's oh cool. yeah. But anyway, yeah. We're, I digress. Yeah, Weird Al. But yeah. Weird Al. Yeah. So his biopic is coming out this week. So in honor of the Weird Al biopic, Weird, that's coming this week on Roku, <laughs> which I'm going to have to figure out how to get the Roku channel on my um, Apple TV. 
Uh, we watched the 1989 film UHF, uh, who is, which is directed by Jay Levy. He does not have a Wikipedia page, so you know we're starting off great. Uh, and it stars Weird Al Yankovic, David Bowie, not David Bowie, uh, Fran Drescher, Victoria Jackson, and Michael Richards. Uh, two people who are now insane. Victoria Jackson's Jackins, Jackson and Michael Richards. What? Yeah. Ooh, well, you know that. the you know the old Michael Richards thing. No. You remember that? No. It was from like 2005. He like like had a really racist tirade like at the Comedy Factory or whatever, and like said like the N word a bunch of times and like hard R N word like using it to describe people. And then Victoria Jackson is just like a she's like a whole like conspiracy theorist now. And, um, yeah, she's not great. She's like, um, conservative Christian. Yeah. Yep. It's not great. Um, but anyway, (laughs) uh, UHF. Yes. So the plot of UHF, uh, Weird Al plays a slacker with a vivid imagination who gets a job managing a struggling TV station. After a fluke children's show becomes a hit, a rival station tries to take them down. This description does not get across how annoying this movie is. And it's available to stream on Pluto TV, which I like the meta narrative. Did you watch it on Pluto? I watched it on Tubi. Or did you rent it? I watched it on Tubi. So it had I, I mean, Tubi also has commercials. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so it was Pluto. And so I like the kind of meta-ness of watching, like, a movie that has, like, commercial breaks in it, only to be interrupted by real commercial breaks. And it's like, which one is great. which? Which is real. That's the, that's the real way to watch UHF, is yeah. watching it on Pluto TV and blurring the line between fantasy and reality. Well, <sighs> UHF. This movie suck. What did we think? I thought it was really bad. So, I was yeah. irritated throughout most of it. Full disclosure. And by most of it, I mean all of it. I did not finish this movie. <laughs> Sorry, Brian Bonnet. I know you were very upset when I didn't finish Mandy, so here we are. Here we go again. Um, um, I... Look. I look, <laughs> look, like girl. I, I almost. Quit I laughed. I think one time. I laughed exactly one time. I wonder if it was at the same time. I laughed at the bit where the guy cuts off his finger, sawing it oh. off. <laughs> no, I. I <laughs> we'll get. I actually, put it in the the show line. We'll we'll, we'll get to it when I talk about the part I laughed at. Uh, I love Emo Phillips. He's great. Yeah, he's he's great in that his one scene he like still tours with weird al oh yeah like he was he was here recently um weird al did a, a whole show he he does this tour called like the totally self-indulgent tour it has like a has a longer name but it's only his original music like it's no parodies like, i think he, he encores with, like a medley of parodies but it's only originals oh and so the real fans like, there's go. no production yeah yeah <laughs> so because like so, I mean, how familiar are you familiar are you with Weird Al? I literally just know that he does parody songs and that's it. I've heard I think he did one of Eminem that I heard as yeah, a kid. Yeah, he did uh he did Eminem. He did. I mean, he had a really big career resurgence in the 2010s with White and Nerdy, the Chameleon Air. Oh, uh, White parody. and Nerdy. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. But yeah. Yeah. That's about but, it. So, so he his albums they're not all complete parodies. It is probably like fifty fifty parodies of songs, and then like 
original. They're more like stylistic parodies. So, uh, like a fly to the Concords like, kind of thing. Kind. It's more like so. He has a song called uh, Charles Nelson Riley. It's called CNR, and it's about Charles Nelson Riley. You know, like from Match Game and stuff. But it's in the style of the White Stripes. And so it's like it's that is the most truly specific Dylan thing of like Weird Al doing a White Stripe song about Charles Nelson Riley from Match Game, like laser. No wonder you stand. Yeah. No wonder I stand. It's it's iconic, and he did it live dressed as Jack White whenever I saw him. It was so good. Uh, but yeah, he does he does these like stylistic parodies. So like uh, he'll do like stuff that kind of sounds like Devo, but it's not a specific Devo song. And that's what he does in this tour is like the style parodies. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But he's most known. If you don't know who Weird Al Yankovic is, he's like a parodist. He does a lot of pop covers. Uh, mostly he gets started like making songs about like food. Like for example, eat it as a parody of beat it. Uh, fat, a parody of bad. Both of Michael Jackson. I love Rocky Road. I love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett. You know, and then, so he was huge in the 80s from this and decided to parlay that into a movie called UHF. Mm -hmm. And it bombed, and his album bombed. And for good reason, because it's not good. Like, this movie's bad. Yeah, no, this movie's not funny at all. To me, it was like, like, it was like, I guess influentially, I see maybe Tim and Eric getting yes. some stuff from this. Uh, Adult Swim in general. Mm-hmm. The vibe is there. Um, but I just found it like too. You know when you watch. You know when you rewatch one of the scary movies and you realize they're actually not that funny. Yep, we rewatched Scary Movie Three relatively recently, and I was like, oh, I'm only laughing whenever Regina Hall is on screen. <laughs> the I think the thing is is like. UHF is probably a little bit more tame than, like, the scary movies are. But, like, you start getting the sense of, like, oh, this is, like, for children. Like, this is, like... Yes. Like, this is for 10-year-olds. Like, the humor is just so, like, stupid and dumb and crude at parts that you're, like, only, like, a child would really enjoy this. And I feel like I would Mm -hmm. assume that most fans of this movie are people that watched it as children and then, like, have a nostalgia for it. Oh, yeah. I tweeted out about how, like, I'm watching UHF right now and having a terrible time. And the number of people that have responded to it that are like, what? No. What? Uh, what are you talking about? I just, yeah, I'll need to rewatch the movie. And, 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 rewatch you it. Know, we'll get into the story. People love this segment. But, I mean, I think it just goes back to, like, you know, it, it, the, it, the whole sense of humor that the whole movie has for me, like, from beginning to, like, an hour in, which is when I stopped watching it. <laughs> is uh (laughs) is very straight people shit to me like i'm like everything about this is just like it's like gross and weird and kooky and like absurd it's very kooky but like not in a way that like i find entertaining or connect with at all like it just didn't do anything for me well think with like weird al like the reason i think he's so successful is because this comedy exists in three minute bits Mm, right and it's like, if you make that nearly, UHF is like two hours long. Yeah, it's way too long. It is. And okay, no, it's 97 minutes, but with commercials. It felt, it was two hours watching it on Pluto. It's still, it could have been 80 minutes. Oh, yeah. I also it, like, there's, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. The, well, there's this style of comedy in the late 80s that 
friend of the pod and movie club president, co-founder, uh, CEO, um, CFO. What is Chris's title? You, you know. Uh, CFO. Yeah. Let's just say CFO. CFO. Let's say CFO. Um, has the style of movie that this reminds me of a lot are movies that Chris has brought to movie club before, specifically Revenge of the, Return of the Killer Tomatoes and the Buck, Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai from the 40th century, whatever the fuck it is, of like movies from the late 80s that don't actually have a single written joke in them. It's just like premise. Yeah. As joke. And it's incredibly frustrating to watch a movie that has no purpose to it. Yeah. No, I agree. I completely agree with you. I think that was like what was missing from this movie. I'm like, what is this movie even parodying? Like TV? It's just, yeah, it's just like, it's just, yeah, it's just showing stuff. It was just like a bunch of ideas and they needed like a narrative to like pull a thread through all of it. And it just like, for me, actually, the only time the movie like kept my attention was when it was the absurd sketches because it was like, well, at least Mm -hmm. these are like kind of surreal. But like, it was like truly for me, like just the actual plot and storyline. I was like, oh my God, can this just like end? End. It needs, yeah. I, I think... Michael Richards is giving the performance of a lifetime, but he is playing an annoying character. Yeah. I and is annoying. And every yeah. time he was on the screen, I was like, Dan, this is annoying and I hate this. He's committing. Yeah. Everyone's very, well, are they all committed? I actually think Weird Al is like kind of not a non-entity in this movie. He's like kind of bad in it. Yeah, I feel like he's trying to be like the straight man sort of, but then also his like friend that runs the company with him is also boring too. Yeah, you, how do you, like, write yourself a movie that's, like, an extension of your music and make yourself the most boring character in the movie? But, I mean, truly, like, outside of, like, Michael Richards' character and then, like, the villain who, like, oh, my God. I've never seen someone, like, <laughs> choose scenery in a way that made me want to, like, sh- just kill myself. Like, I was just like, I can't with this performance. Like, it was too much. Um, and I did not like it. Um, it's like those two were, like, giving their all to it. Not that it was great or anything, but everyone else is just like sleeping through this movie. Mm-hmm. Like even poor Fran Drescher, yeah. who is like iconic and legendary, is like a non-entity. Victoria Jackson maybe filmed all of her scenes in thirty minutes. Oh yeah, like, totally. It was, and then everyone else in it is just like just it. It felt like really bad sketch comedy that I've seen in Austin. Like it felt like watching it. I was like, Oh, these are all the people who like annoy me in sketch and improv. Yeah. No, it's really like, weird. But I also agree with you that this style of humor was like, maybe not like it was a little surreal, I suppose maybe for the time, but like just kind of like the kookiness of it felt very like, Oh yeah, this is some late 80s shit. Like everyone's mm-hmm. just like being goofy and I just don't vibe with it. Um, I did see that, you know, this movie came, like, it, it, like, bombed, right? And one of the reasons mm-hmm. why it bombed it, actually, like, the week it came out is, like, kind of, like, an iconic year, or, like, an iconic week for movies. Oh, my gosh. Where, I saw it on Wikipedia. But, like, literally every big movie from that year came out. The Yeah, here we go. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Ghostbusters 2, Honey, I Shrimp the Kids, Lethal Weapon 2, Batman, License to Kill, When Harry Met Sally, Do the Right Thing, and Weekend at Bernie's all came out the weekend of UHF. Yeah. You can't. 
<laughs> you can't compete with any of that shit. Yeah, like, and it's just funny to me because, you know, Weekend at Bernie's for me is probably like a cousin a cousin once removed mm-hmm. to this movie a little bit where it's yeah. like you watch Weekend at Bernie's when you're like nine, like I did, and you think it's hilarious. And then you watch it as an adult and you're like, oh, the whole joke of this movie is there's just like a dead guy that they're pretending to keep alive. And there's even an amazing scene in the movie. And when I say amazing <laughs> sarcasm, he has <laughs> sex with a woman. Mm-hmm. I see where mm-hmm. clerks got it from. Mm-hmm. I, I think the movie that this is trying to be the most is airplane. Yeah, which honestly, like, I'm going to just say it right now. I'm just going to say it out loud. I am sorry, everyone in the world. I don't like Airplane. I just don't like that kind of comedy. Like, I just don't think it's funny. I don't think a bunch of, like, punchlines over and over and over again is funny. I just don't. I think it's the only good spoof movie. But was it a spoof of? Movies? It's a spoof of another movie called Airplane. It's like a, it's like a, it's a shot. It's like basically a shot, shot remake of another movie called Airplane. That's insane. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think for me, when it comes to like silly comedies, Mel Brooks like itches something for me. Other than him, mm-hmm. I don't know because well, he writes jokes. Wait, what? Yeah, because he writes jokes. Right. Well, he writes jokes, and what I like about him too is that the jokes like build on themselves. And then, like, mm-hmm. the, the joke will be even funnier, like, the second time it's done because, like, there's been so much build. Like, I don't know. There's just kind of, like, there's a world building, I guess, is what I'm trying to say maybe about him. That, yeah. like, I find is very, like, funny and smart and clever. And and with, like, UHF, I'm like, like, what? Like, the joke is that he's, he does a kid's show and he's, like, weird on it. Yeah, it's like, I don't. And people like it because people are stupid. Like, I don't like, I don't really I wonder, get what the joke is. <laughs> I wonder if how this played in the eighties when like UHF and public broadcasting and stuff like that was more prevalent. Right. Than now, like the equivalent would just be a movie that is like, if they made like a bunch of cringe TikToks yeah. into a movie. Yeah, no, true. Like, I mean, I, I, maybe, and, and and luckily we're old enough to like know what like public television is, and like mm-hmm. I know that like Austin had like a really big like channel that was I forget what it was called, but like Richard Linklater would do stuff for it. Channel was, Austin. Like, yeah, and it's just like a lot of really cool, silly, weird <laughs> sketches, music videos, skateboarding videos, that yeah. sort of stuff, right? Um, so I get that that's yeah, what there was... this is supposed to be, but I don't know. Yeah, like, uh, I was going to give a quick shout out to Flash Jordan, who is, like, one of my, like, creative heroes. From She was a public access person. I used to watch her all the time on public access in Austin when I first moved here. And she died uh, last October, but it wasn't publicized until April, and it was barely publicized then. And I just found out about it. Uh, and she was fucking awesome. So if you want to watch, like, real cool public access stuff, like, look up Flash Jordan. She yeah, I'll check it out. ruled and I tried to get her. She was like kind of hard to find for a while. Cause I tried to get her in my last show. I wanted her to like record something for me. Um, and I searched far and wide for her and it just turns out she was just like in a nursing home in Austin Aww. and then she died. It was so sad, but yeah, rest in peace queen. That shit's cool. 
UHF sucks, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's not great. It's like harder, like um, really, like pinpoint, like why it sucks. I just like I think it's like as simple as you said. There's just no jokes, so it's just like there's no jokes. I just don't, like, don't get it. And to me, it's like the only people that could like like this movie have just got to be like Weird Al fanboys that just like like everything that he does. Yeah, and it's, it's like it it feels similar to like I, I remember watching this around the same time. I got really into Monty Python. Mm. And like, but like Monty Python also has jokes and wordplay and stuff like that. And like intelligence behind it. Whereas this just feels like kind of stupid and mean. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like, I agree. Yeah. Like, I think that like, it's like, it's like not fully mean spirited. Like, like it's not super obvious, I suppose, but like, it just, it doesn't feel like you're supposed to like love these characters. Like, it's like, you're supposed to like. I guess think they're kind of annoying and I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just don't really get it. Yeah. I don't want to spend 90 minutes with a bunch of people who are, who are intentionally annoying and grating. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes no sense to me. So you said you're like the one moment you laughed was the wood shop scene. Are there any other like commercials or segments that you laughed? Um, I didn't, Laugh? No, not really at all. Um, <laughs> I didn't really laugh at all. No, um, I did like the woodshop scene just because I thought that the guy, I guess Emo Phillips, was like very funny. Like, like I liked his style of humor. I guess yeah. I thought it was. Funny. He's a really good stand-up. Um, yeah. I he's, like. He's been del- in the game. It's forever. like the delivery, and I think maybe that's what it is too. It's like it, it, maybe there were no jokes, but at least like deliver it in a way that I find entertaining. And he had like the one scene where I was like, okay, like this is funny. Um, but mm. everyone else, like, especially Michael Richards, it was just like, oh my God, like, how, like, am I, like, I don't really know, like, how anyone would, like, naturally laugh at that. Unless they, like, like, pointing and laughing <laughs> at, like, 12. stupid janitors being stupid. He loves yeah. his mop. He loves his mop. Like, yeah, it's just, like, to me, like, yeah, it was just, like, it was giving, like, are we watching, like, you know, to Nick, I don't know, what was that shit called? Like, Toon uh, Disney. Nick. Toon Disney. Nick Disney. I don't know. It was like that, but like for adults. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was dumb. And yeah, it was dumb. I'm sure we'll get flack for it, I guess. Uh, yeah. But whatever. The the one part that I laughed, it was just a visual gag, but it was for the the funeral home commercial. Mm. And they were just walking mm-hmm. through the cemetery and they're like, are you tired of your of bad funeral homes doing a bad job or whatever. And it was just people walking through a funeral home with like body parts coming out of the ground. Oh yeah. Funny gag. Good, good visual. Um, other than that, it's just like, it's just like a, it's just a collection of people with silly names, a lot of like Polish names and weird Al doing this like, voice like he how did i describe it where he's like it's uncle net like he does this like growl kind of voice yeah and it's i don't know what very he was doing agitating. i also don't know how, don't know how, how to talk do it normally so that was like my first like, like that elongated exposure to weird al um although i do kind of want to see the new movie just because i too. appreciated that it was like not a real biopic um and yeah like, as a big fan of walk hard um I was yes. like, okay, cool. I can get down with this. Also, Evan Rachel Wood is Madonna. Like, sign me up. Um, but also, Daniel yes. Radcliffe takes off his shirt in the trailer. And I was like, okay, mm. Daniel. Looking good. Mm. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Uh, and, 
you know, he, Weird Al, if you want, I'll, I can make you a playlist of good songs. I'm okay. I really, like, honestly, Dylan, I'm okay. Like, I truly, like, <laughs> I, I feel like if I could compile, like, a top ten list of things in the world that, like, people like that I will never like, I feel like Weird Al will definitely be on there. It's just not, it's just, like, okay. the most not Kirk thing. It just, I, I don't that. get it. I don't think it's funny. I don't think doing parodies of songs in general is funny from anybody. <laughs> it just doesn't. You just don't do it for me. Um, okay. If he was hot, maybe it would be a different story. But what about like when rappers rap over funny beats? I'm thinking specifically about the new Ice Spice song where she raps over the background music to SpongeBob. Does that count as a parody? Um, or like no, the music of Cupcake? No, well, but see, I also don't really like that stuff either that much. I mean, like, I can like get down to some Cupcake like at the club, but I don't know. I just don't mm-hmm. like. You know what? Like, honestly, I just don't like silliness very much. Like, I don't know. If we've gotten okay. to talk about it a lot, but I mean, you like loved Monty Python. I was kind of like mid on it. Like, I just feel like I just have trouble with like that sort of thing. Like, I just like mm-hmm. don't find. I think it's because I watched so much of that stuff growing up with my parents and I just thought it was so funny when I was little and I just feel like, and, yeah. and maybe it's just me being like, I don't know, like I'm a grown, I'm a grown up now, yeah. you know, <laughs> but I just find like a lot of that, like silly shit, like just not very funny slapstick humor. I don't think is very funny. Typically uh, just stupid humor in general just doesn't really make me laugh anymore. Maybe I just, I just need like, I don't know. Maybe there's just something missing. Maybe maybe I need it in my <laughs> life. I don't know. Well, let me well, let's pivot real quick into why do straight people like this? Because I don't. I think talking about like silly and kooky shit is uh, important. Because yeah. I feel like our modern kind of version of this is Lonely Island. Yeah, and I know you, you're a big Hot Rod fan. I do like Hot Rod. Okay, okay. Contradicting myself. Okay, bitch. I see what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> Um, but Hot Rod also has jokes. Hot Rod has jokes. I think that it goes back to like, even though Mel Brooks is a lot more smart than like Hot Rod is, there's a world building in Hot Rod. Like, I just mm-hmm. feel like I'm let in on the joke in Hot Rod. It's like, just yeah. buy into this like weird faux 80s, but it's not 80s, like Fantasia of what's going on in Hot Rod's head uh, of what his yeah. life is like. And... I don't know. I don't know what it is about Andy Samberg that works for me. I think maybe it's because he's hot. I think that might be what it is. <laughs> he is very hot. I also think that, like, in UHF and, like, those movies we were talking about earlier, like, Buckery Bonsai and Killer Tomatoes and stuff, those feel really, like, condescending Yeah. in terms of their humor. Yeah. Like, they all feel really, like, kind of mean toward the audience, mean toward the characters unnecessarily. Like, yeah. It, it feel, I know it's, like, movies for, like, bu- like, it feels like it's movies for nerds, but, like, the nerds are the bullies in those movies. Like That's totally a really good point. I think that's what it is. It's, we were talking about mean-spiritedness and how we couldn't really figure out what, what was mean about it. I think it's because you can tell that the filmmakers and the writers of UHF think that they're really smart and that they're making mm-hmm. fun of how stupid they think all we are. Yeah, and like also like kind of making fun of like public access and sort of small town stuff and sort of small creative projects does feel like punching down. Yeah. Because it is like people who 
don't have they're not in Hollywood they're not in New York they're not in Chicago these are people that are in sort of like mid-sized cities like still creating art and like that should be celebrated and I think both of the big examples of times in film and TV where like we have explored public access it has been making fun of it where it's like I think we should definitely be like celebrating it like it is there are things to make fun of and it is silly it's like performance is inherently silly but also like for every 50,000 movies there are about how like shitty Hollywood is there are an equivalent 50,000 movies about how cool Hollywood is right and there's nothing for that for public access and like small town. I agree. Comedic performances. I agree. I feel like the reason why Hot Rod works, Young Frankenstein works, Monty Python works, is because you can tell that simultaneously they're poking fun at whatever the subject materials, but they also are geeks and love it. Like you mm-hmm. can tell that Monty Python are like geeks about medieval England, and that's yeah. why it's funny because they also like are smart about it and get it. Um, same thing with Hot Rod. Like, you can tell that they, like, love the characters in Hot Rod. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with this, it's just got this meanness to it. And I feel like there's a lot of movies in the late 80s and early 90s specifically that have that sort of humor, um, in it. And that's why I don't find a lot of movies from this era very funny. Um, Mm -hmm. because I just feel like it's, like, I just feel like you're making fun of the wrong thing, like you said. Like. Yeah. Weird Al, his whole thing is that he came up on uh, the thing called the Dr. Demento show. And Dr. Demento would like play weird parody songs and just like weird music. Cause he loved weird music. And Dr. Demento was like an early mentor of weird owls and like explored him to explore his weirdness and like keep doing parodies. Like, cause he'll always have like a home on the Dr. Demento show. And then, then he got famous out of that. Whereas like this, Weird Al finally is in this position, even as a character, to curate, to support small artists, and he's making fun of them. Yeah, exactly. And that's what doesn't feel, like, cute about it. It's like, think about Wayne's World as a good foil to this. Mm -hmm. Wayne's World is also about small town people. Um, And they poke fun at, like, a lot of that stuff. But it all feels like everyone's in on the joke. Like, it's like when you go to Mm -hmm. Chicago, there's, like, murals of Wayne, like yeah. in the city because like he's like a hero to them. It's like there is a way to like poke fun of cultures or like art or like certain types of people or like industries, but like you feel like you're in on the joke. And I feel like with UHF, mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel like any anyone's really in on any of the jokes. No. There's just such a distance that the comedy has. And I just don't and I do feel like because it did badly and it got bad reviews that like Weird Al fans, like the ones that like are attacking you on Twitter, were very like, <laughs> no, you have to like love it. Like I, it almost like feels like it's like they feel better than everybody else for like getting UHF and thinking it's funny. But like in actuality, I'm yeah. being that girl that's like, you know, how people on the Internet, like you, y'all pretend to like Bjork. This movie, this music's bad. Oh, I'm yeah. like, y'all are all <laughs> pretending to like UHF. <laughs> Like, there's a thing with, like, cult movies, like, specifically, like, cult movies from, like, the 80s, like, cult comedies from the 80s that are, like, I feel like if you if you didn't watch them with your, like, magic friends whenever you were 16, you're never going to like them. Yeah. With the exception of Time Bandits. Yeah. Like, yeah. Time Bandits is, like, the only movie of this kind that, like, <laughs> like, I know it's not a parody movie, but it's, like, it, it's that same sort of, like, culty, nerdy movie from the 80s that's, like, actually, like, incredible. Yeah, totally. 
Um, yeah, no, no, I agree with you. There are so many movies from this era that I, yeah, I feel like if you don't watch them at a certain age, like it's over and you're just never going to get into it. And this is definitely that for me. Um, but there's also for me, at least like I was mentioning, there's movies I did like when I was a kid and then I rewatched them as an adult and I'm kind of like, you know, I'm just like not into this and I don't really think it's that funny. I mean, it just reminds me of like being a kid and pretending to like Adam Sandler movies because all my other like mm-hmm. guy friends like Adam Sandler movies. And then it was just felt so empowering to be like as a gay man, be like, you know what? I don't like Adam Sandler movies. And that's okay. I don't fuck with this. I don't fuck that's with fine. I don't fuck with Billy Madison. I don't think it's funny. No. Because that also I, I feel like re-watch. I feel like his movies are also very mean. Um yes. and cruel and just like feel gross and mean. And I just don't get it at all. I want to rewatch Waterboy. Um, for some reason, uh, well, cause Kathy Bates, <laughs> I mean, she's all I remember about the movie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And like anything, anything Louisiana is cool. I got to watch. I got to stick out for Louisiana. Yeah. There you go. Um, parody shit. I think straight people love parody. They do love parodies. I feel love like parody. straight people like parodies. We like satires. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Because I don't like you. Li- I don't know what I was going to say. Honestly, I, girl. I okay. Don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, like anything that's sort of like abiding satire of the fashion world or anything like that. Like, oh yeah, fantastic. Zoolander, great. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like gay satires now. Like, I mean. Well, American Psycho is a satire, not a gay movie. Yeah, though. it is. Um, I mean, well, it's tough because I feel like at this point, like everything is like a satire in a way, you know. Yeah, everything is a satire of uh, of something else. I mean, I would say that like Austin Powers is a satire more than a parody. Yes, because I, I feel like, like I think that's more parody though. It, sort of, because I feel like it's a Bond parody, but then the whole world of it is so much more swinging 60s London than, like, James Bond ever got to be, really, uh, when it yeah. came out. It's almost like Awesome Powers is like, this is actually what it was like if there was a James Bond type in the 60s. Mm. This is actually what <laughs> it would be like. Um, but, yeah, I guess okay, that, is, I guess that, that is, is a parody. Is, is Heather's. Yes, that's a satire. Heather's do revenge okay. satire. Yes. Uh, mean girls. Starship troopers. No mean girls. Satire. Satire. Mean girl. Also, cool. I would argue that mean girls is straight. Uh, oh yeah. No, I agree with you. <laughs> we got to do it for the, for the pod one day. And just oh make people furious People would at be us. so mad. I know, but we're right. Uh, but yeah, like, like a straight parody is, it feels it's the same kind of humor that like Family Guy is of just like here is the thing slightly different, right? Uh, laugh at recognition, yeah. Uh, and it's just is see like gay humor, it evolves so quickly because the community is so small and insular that like shit becomes just deranged really quickly. Like I'm thinking, for example, of like all the people that dressed up as the Lisa Rinna Eminem. Right. For Halloween. Or like how we now we all say big sleigh and it started off as that someone was being cringy by using gay terminology. And now we've mm-hmm. taken the, the cringy of that and have turned it into camp. And now we all say it unironically at this point. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like, it's yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Whereas like straight humor, because it's like the, the culture is so much bigger, it has to move so much slower. And the easiest way to get like a quick burst of humor serotonin is to do a parody of something. Um, and gay people are a little more nuanced than that. Yeah. Like no, I agree with you. Well, it goes back to the mean spiritedness. Like maybe that's why I don't like parodies. Cause I feel like parodies feel mean. Like it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like a parody is only, I think the reason why Austin power still works and why I think it's funny is because you like, like Austin and like you yeah. like the characters and you can tell that they're like making fun of all this shit, but they also like love all that shit. And I feel mm-hmm. like most parodies don't feel that way to me. It feels like they're like legitimately like scary movie three feels like, like I actually like thinking about it. it scary movie three makes me mad because I do think that like it ruined a lot of films like legacies. Like I feel like the ring mm-hmm. was considered like a great horror film when it first came out. And now it's not considered at all to be a great horror film. And I think that scary movie three yes. like helped to destroy that for it. By how much and I was thinking a lot watching, watching like UHF and I was like, how much of like culture that is referenced frequently are we referencing the original or are we referencing a reference? Right. Oof. So for example, what I'm thinking of is the we don't need no stinking badgers scene in 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 UHF. Do people know I know that it gets referenced a lot in other movies and stuff, but at a certain point, when does that phrase become completely divorced from its original source material. I feel like that happens a lot, especially in straight culture. Although it mm-hmm. happens in gay culture too, because like, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of gay boys like say things and it's like, you know that like Joan Crawford said that, right? And they're like, mm-hmm. who's Joan Crawford? You mean like Alyssa yeah. Edwards <laughs> when she like did, when Alyssa Edwards, here's the thing. <laughs> we, 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 gay we. culture, gay humor is a li- us quoting Alyssa Edwards Quoting um, <laughs> Faye Dunaway doing an impersonation of Joan Crawford. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then Joan Crawford yeah. is just trying to be Gloria Swanson, who is just trying to be, and then it just goes on and on and on, you know? But the thing is, is where it's like, gay people, it's like, we we are impersonating a man, impersonating a woman, impersonating a woman, impersonating a woman, impersonating a woman. Yeah. Who are, they're all different people, where it's just like, it's all, it's all different characters, that eventually lead back to the original source material. Whereas like the, we don't need to stick in badges is just referencing the last time it was referenced. It's just like a parroting almost. Yeah. It's so weird. It is like a parrot. Yeah. But like, why do they think that line's funny? Like, I guess that's like really where I'm like at a loss. Like what's funny about the line? Is it the delivery or it? Yeah. The pun on badgers and badges, but I don't think was everyone on the, all the kids lining up to fucking see the treasure of the Sierra Madre in the fucking forties. Whenever it came out. No, I mean, I think it's, it's gotta be delivery then. Right. Because I mean, Mm -hmm. we don't like in scary, the scary movies, for example, it's not that we're like laughing at the reference to the exorcist that they're aping in scary movie too. We're laughing at the line itself and the delivery of the line. But then that in itself makes us, it completely undercuts the original thing that I was making fun of. Mm-hmm. And then now you don't see the the value at all, whether it was supposed to be funny or not in the original source material, because it's been undercut by this parody. And mm-hmm. the fact that it's just been repeated over and over and over again, like you said, like parrots. And then you don't even, yep. at this point, like you said, people might not even know they're quoting a parody of a thing. Another thing. Yeah. 
They just think it's like Ugh. a weird catchphrase. Yeah. It's funny to me thinking now that like the cultural legacy of scary movie or like the things that are referenced frequently from scary movie are like original bits, like not referencing a movie. Totally. It's all just Regina Hall being fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah. And the hat getting bigger. Oh my God. The hat getting bigger in sign, the signs parody is like, gotta be. That is the funniest. One of the funniest. That is the funniest other than anything that came out of Regina Hall's mouth. Um, in all of the movies, that is the funniest bit that's ever been in a scary movie is the hat thing. It's so good. It's so funny. It's really, really good. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> Regina Hall being dead and scary. <laughs> she looks so peaceful. <laughs> that part's funny. That whole funeral uh, scene's actually pretty funny, if I remember correctly. Truly Regina Hall Oscar win. It's going to happen soon, I feel Dude, it. Regina Hall is, like, the funniest fucking person alive. I, she is hilarious. I um, Truly is. But, yeah. Yeah, it's... It, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, maybe, like, UHF is just absurd, right? Like, it's absurdity. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, I've just never really understood absurdist humor. Yeah, I mean, well, I think that's where we can get in next into, like, public access, stuff like that, and, like, what I think this movie begot, beget, which is, I feel like this is kind of the beginning of Tim and Eric. Like you were saying right. earlier, like, this is proto-Tim and Eric, and then Tim and Eric, 10 years later, 15 years later, really brought this, that mentality of public access and making fun of it to the comedy mainstream, and that's, like, real absurdity shit. I never really connected with Tim and Eric. I thought it was really annoying for the most part, especially like when they would like repeat shit and like shit would like sk- when they do like vocal manipulations and stuff. I thought it was, it was just annoying. The absurdity that I liked was Xavier Renegade Angel because that was like I don't think I know what that is. Absurdist animation. It was another Adult Swim show, and it was like I think I just get like a secondhand embarrassment watching like adult ass men doing stupid shit come to my improv shows every Thursday at the Cold Town Theater on 2nd and Chalmers. <laughs> um, and, uh, but watching it on animation where it's like, I don't have to connect to these people on like a humanity level makes absurdity easier for me. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that ab- absurd, ad- absurdism is definitely more of like a uh, straight people thing. Although I will say that, like, John Early and Kate Berlant for modern comedians are kind of, like, mm. making it gay. Like, they're doing, like, yes. a gay version of absurdism. But And Julio Torres, I would throw and, in there. And Julio Torres. I agree with that, too. But I think the reason why I connect with their sense of humor, it's not just because it's gay. I mean, that's part of it. But I do think that there's, like... I don't know. There's like a certain sense of like the things that they're saying. I'm like, I don't know. Like I can like connect to it in a sort of way. I'm like, oh yeah. Like in my like stoned faggy brain, like this is the way my mind works, you know? Yes. And I feel like they're like exposing that. Like they say words and I go, oh yeah, that's like literally my inner dialogue. (laughs) Well, the thing is like gay people, we never really got like an opportunity to be absurd in comedy. Yeah. Like, well, we were always be, the butt like, of the joke. Surrealist. So. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's always the butt of the joke. Or yeah, or like it's Jack on Will and Grace. Like that's like the most absurd. Right. Like he's get. prissy and like he's, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, oh, like ooh. just Jack. You know? 
<laughs> yeah, whereas, like, I think, like, specifically, like, in Julio Torres' stand-up special, where they're talking about the McDonald's Happy Meal toy for the villain in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, like, those are, like, thoughts that I've had forever. Like, oh, yeah, like, gay people do, like, <laughs> respond to The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Right. No, I there's yeah. content to the absurdism. Mm-hmm. It's like based in something, but I wonder what it's like to be a straight man watching Julio Torres. That's the thing. Are they I like as lost as we are watching reaction. UHF? You know, probably. <laughs> I think they'd be so fucking confused. Because I do feel like I mean I know gay people that try to watch Julio Torres. This is stand up, and they're like, I don't get this, <laughs> and I'm like, I get well, it. Like I do. I just think it's really, really funny. <clears throat> um, I'm. I. This is only like. 40% a plug and 60% like me actually airing concerns. Uh, but so I directed a new improv show that starts, opens this Saturday and it runs every Saturday in November at fallout theater, 7 PM falloutcomedy.com for tickets. Um, it's called we are the queers and it's uh, uh, the poster was done by a friend of the pod Jesus and um, it's incredible. It's very good. It's very, very, very good poster. Um, someone told me it was a lot and I was like, mm, yeah, that's what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted a lot. You said this poster. is for the queers. It's this in the is title, for the queers, bitch. baby. Yeah. Um, but what the show is, it's essentially like it's two casts. One is a Everybody Loves Raymond, uh, King of Queens style sitcom. And the other is like a bar, like a gay bar. Um, kind of it's always sunny sort of style. And then they get a directive from like an executive that they need to make the show gayer. And so a writer goes and, like, kind of uh, infiltrates the gay bar and starts, like, implementing the way that gay people talk into the show, but translating it poorly. So, for example, like, uh, the writer would hear someone in the gay bar go, yes, God, and then they'd go and tell the show, the sitcom, like, okay, well, gay people are really religious, so let's set this next scene in the church. That's kind (laughs) of, like, that's how the show works. I love that. And you're, like, deconstructing, like, how straight people might understand gay slang exactly yeah and i wanted the the my entire purpose of the show is i didn't want it to be like straight people haha so silly they they don't get they don't get gay humor i wanted it to be they won't get gay humor like it's like it's just like an impossible trans it's like another language right and like it's like it's really hard to translate it that's kind of the the central thesis of the show is like the, the translation of cultural languages and, and it sounds so fucking annoying to describe an improv show. No, like it that. sounds really, it sounds really cool. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but what I'm worried back to kind of the original thing is like, I'm really worried that like if straight audiences show up, like how much of it will be invisible to them, or how much of it will be confusing to them. Uh, right. Because it, as the show goes on, I directed the the gay cast to get more insular and more like esoteric with their gay slang and like the way that they talk. And I'm just really worried that when people watch the show, how they're going to react to basically something that just like, it'd be like if a third of the way in the show, it just it becomes in Spanish. Right. Well, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we just said about delivery, right? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. if someone's got good timing and delivery, mm-hmm. any sling of words put together can be funny. So that could, you know, so that could bring you all the way back around, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's like, you're just going (laughs) to laugh because it made, it was funny, you know, 
Yeah. And um, so I kind of like the idea of it, like it gets eso- so esoteric that it ends up coming back around again and becoming just very like universal, you know? Yeah. But at the end, they still don't quite understand what gay humor is. But, I mean, that that is kind of what gay humor is, right? Because at the end of the day, yes, like, we could, like, parse out why Yas Queen is a thing. But at the end of the day, it's just fun to fucking say Yas Queen. It's so fun to say Yas Queen. It's just fun to say. So. Yeah. And I feel like that's what a lot of gay humor is. is, And it's also, I think, you know, not to sound like, you know, we as gay people, we choose our families. But, like, I do feel (laughs) like it is a little bit of, like, when you get when you say a gay slang word, you do kind of feel like I don't know. You feel like you feel you can feel your ancestors around you. I don't know how else to put it without sounding yeah. crazy, but it does feel like a little bit like a little gay like Greek chorus is behind you or something, mm-hmm. and you feel like I don't know, like you're a part of something, even if you're the only gay person in a room. You know, I also feel like there's like different levels of gay slang, in that like if one person. In, in the sort of, like, peacock dance of first meeting a new gay person for the first time, that, like, if you reference or say uh, a certain phrase or whatever, it is a very quick shorthand for the type of person that they are. Totally. That's so true. Like, it's like if you start using, like, more, like, Twitter gay slang and they look lost, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, so they're not internet-y. Okay, got it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then And then maybe you could just be, like, if you're like Tori Amos is my queen, they're like, oh yes, Tori Amos, she changed my and life. You're like, okay, all right, they're forty five. Okay, you're a Tori gay. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, but I do, I do agree with that, or like just quoting certain things, um, mm. which is what's so funny about gay slang too. Is I guess we are kind of like parrots though, because at a certain point, like so many of the things that we say are from something, but like maybe a lot of it, we don't really know where it's from. We're just saying it because we heard it on like RuPaul's Drag Race, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. (laughs) Maybe we have a lot in common with straight people. Maybe we do. Maybe that's what UHF is teaching us. (sighs) But I definitely will say (laughs) that I think that this is probably, I'm just going to say it. I think this is the straightest movie we've watched. I think so too. I don't think I there think was we can one... very quickly, yeah, enter and exit. Is there anything gay about this movie? No, no, there's nothing. Not even no. Fran Drescher. That is how straight no. this fucking movie is. It's awful. It's it's dangerous. It really is. They did that to poor Fran Drescher. There's yeah. There, there's like gay marriage took an queerness. extra ten years to be legalized because of UHF. <laughs> oh yeah, we would have gotten to the new millennium, getting married and stuff. There would have been so many gay weddings on. December on MTV Spring Break. Mm-hmm. There'd have been so many more gay challengers on MTV's The Challenge. Yes. But no, we only got three. Um, Thanks to Weird Al Yankovic the and the crew seasons. of UHF. Thanks to Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> Thanks to Victoria Jackson. Yeah, honestly, God probably damn. her. It sounds like, just mm-hmm. based on the Wikipedia little scroll <laughs> I did a little bit ago. Yep. Uh, all right, so we go to our gay recommendations. We recommend something a little gayer than what we just watched. Um, I think there's one obvious answer. It's a movie that came at the at the low point of its star. Uh, they both had catastrophic reasons for failure. UHF failed because it had all these iconic movies come out the same weekends. This one failed because it came out the same weekend as 9-11. Uh, that, of course, I am talking about. And then, like, oh, yeah, then five years later, they had a huge career resurgence. Yeah. Um, and became household names ever since then. Uh, that's why I'm talking about glitter. Yeah, Mariah Carey. 
I've told my Glitter 911 story before on the podcast, right? I must have. Maybe, but you gotta tell it again. What happened? Okay, so my 911 story. So this is how, like, so I'm sorry. Like, I am gayer than all of you, and here's why. (laughs) I remember 911 because I was, like, one of those psychotic, like, idiot savant children that, like, just knew and albums came out at like 10 years old like i like remember one time we were on vacation i made my parents buy me pop by insync because it had come out that day oh whenever i was in peru in 2007 i made my mom buy me this is how you know i'm fucking straight buy me icky thump by the white stripes on the day it came out so i can have it from the day it came out and whenever i got home it was waiting for me on my pillow Oh, that's so cute. I know, so nice. But anyway, anyway so so on. so yes, yeah, so gay as gay people, you know, we choose to know when album release dates are, <laughs> even when the internet was not as big of a thing. Like I just somehow, like mm-hmm. I guess I like found out from like newspapers. I don't know. I don't entertainment know. Weekly. I said how last week, I, people get Entertainment Weekly. I don't know how I found out. Probably Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, probably from a magazine. So anyway, so I remember like being like ready. Like I was like, I'm getting glitter because it's like Marquez's new album. I had had. I already had like three of her albums. I had number ones, which are now album vinyl. Yada yada. I'm a lamb. Okay, bitch. So anyway, I'm in fifth grade. I go into school that day. I'm like really excited because I had a dentist appointment on September 11th, 2001. And I was like, ooh, I bet if I'm really good at my dentist appointment, my mom will let me go to Best (laughs) Buy and get me glitter the day it comes out. It was a Tuesday. I remember because albums used to come out on Tuesdays, not on Fridays. Mm -hmm. So And they used to come out in different countries at different times. Girl. Before streaming, bitch. Wow. So anyway, so I remember mm-hmm. getting into my classroom, and they had t- there was, like, little TVs in our room. You know, they would do, like, morning announcements and stuff. And I remember, like, seeing a fire on TV. And I'm like – and I remember my teacher was, like, watching it. And I was, like, first in class because I was a nerd. And I was like, hey, you know, like, Mrs. Holden, like, what's going on on the TV? And she's like, oh, there's, like, a fire in New York City or in a building. And I was like, oh, my God. That's, like, really scary. Whatever. Anyway. And she, like, turned it off, and we, like, had our day. You know, like, whatever. So then my mom picks me up from – school to go to the dentist i'm really excited and i'm like hey mom like i saw something on like tv about like you know like buildings burning and shit like what was that and she was like oh she was like that wasn't a fire <laughs> this is my this is okay sorry mom if you have to hear me do this impersonation of you she's like that was not a fire that was because a plane crashed into the building <laughs> and i went oh my god and i was like mom like what like what why like what happened did like the pilot like get sick or something she goes no that is not what happened, Kirk. What happened is that a bunch of terrorists hijacked the plane and they crashed it into the building and killed a bunch of people. And I remember I went, but why, Mom? And she went, because they hate freedom. <laughs> and I was like, and yes. I remember thinking like, okay, like, and I don't really think that makes any sense, but okay. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I was like, so this is like really bad, right? Like, this is like a really bad day. Like, and she's like, yeah, this is like one of the worst days in American history. This is like the worst thing that's happened <laughs> since like the Oklahoma bombing when I was like, in like, you know, I think that happened in like the early nineties or something. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. Like, yikes. You know? And I remember I went to my dentist appointment and I remember going in thinking like, oh my God, like I can't ask to go to Best Buy to get glitter because this like thing happened. <laughs> And it would be like really <laughs> fucked up of me to like ask to go buy a CD when like a bunch of people died. <laughs> so I that's my 9 11 that. story. Um, that's how I remember it because I couldn't get glitter. I got it later that week, so it's okay. Um, oh, that's good. You get, you get it on 9 13. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but also. Very, very quick aside. Speaking of CDs at Best Buy, did your CDs at Best Buy come in the long plastic thing? 
Oh yeah, where you had to like have them take it off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hold it like a purse? No, not that gay. Oh. Gay enough to know that glitter came out on 9-11 at 10, but not gay <laughs> enough to hold the CD case thing like a purse. Beautiful. Um, yeah. So it's really funny when I feel like Twitter all collectively learned in the last like couple of years that glitter came out on the same day as 9-11. There's that iconic video that surfaced of like it's the so billboard funny. and the burning building in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was like, wow, like I truly like, I don't know why I even fought being, I don't know why I even came out at 18. I should have come out that day. I should have came out on September mm-hmm. 11th, 2001. Honestly, your mom was like, this is the second worst thing that's happened today. Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. No, I think you know what my mom would have definitely thought me being gay was the second worst thing to happen that day for sure. Yeah, not the first. So not the first. I'm loved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, watch glitter. It's great. Padma Lakshmi is in it from Top Chef. Um, and yeah, nine eleven. Um. Is there anything else we got to talk about the UHF besides that it was bad? No, I got I'm good. Left. I'm not going to finish yeah. it. I'm not even going to log it on the box. I'll log it. Give it a one. Ooh. I don't. I didn't. I wasn't like angry. I'm not going to give it a half star like I gave uh, last night in Soho. Last night in Soho. Uh, <laughs> that's reserved for truly uh, just treacherous films, but. A good one star. I definitely yawned way too much during UHF. Yeah. The thing is that it's also like really boring. It's not. It's not very entertaining. It's not. It's just like it's mostly boring. It's like annoying and boring. Yep. The worst mm. combo I can think of for a movie to have. For real. For fucking real. Ugh. All right. Well, my name is Dylan Garcia. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Garcia, on Instagram at Garcia, or Letterboxd at Garcia. And you can catch me doing improv every Thursday at Cold Town Theater at 830 with Friends for Now or every Saturday in uh, November at Fallout Theater with my show, We Are the Queers. Yes. Oh, I want to come. It's fun. If you're coming down for Thanksgiving, we'll be doing one the day after. I'm doing Thanksgiving in Laguna Beach this year. Ooh, hell yeah. Yes. Um, my name is Kirk Van Sickle. You can find me on Instagram at Kirk underscore Van Sickle. You can find me on Twitter and on Letterboxd at K-R-K-V-N-S-C-K-L-E. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's it. All right. Go support your local public access channel. Yeah, go look and, up old uh, YouTube videos of what used to be on your town's public access channel. I'm sure it's pretty fucking cool. It would, I bet it was way better than UHF. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, Kane, talk, talk, talk.